Welcome to the Ask in Faith podcast, where we seek Christ-centered answers to life's difficult questions. My name is Justin Bates, and I will be your host. Today's question is simply this. What do you wish you'd known before you went through the temple to receive your endowment? A wonderful question. I thought I would answer it by sharing seven things that I wish I'd known before I went through the temple. This is not a comprehensive list, but it's seven things that I think will be helpful, will bless your life, will hopefully expand your vision, and end the process hopefully answer some common temple questions. When I was on my mission in the Dominican Republic, I recall a specific day in a coastal town called Barahona where there was a cycling race that took place. I don't know if it was professional or amateur, but it was impressive. You see these these individuals just flying down the road, and I remember being really impressed by that. And when I came home from my mission, I kind of got into cycling. So in the course of having done it for several years, I've learned some things about cycling that have also helped me learn some things about the temple. And so I'm going to frame our discussion here uh, as seven things cycling has taught me about the temple. Number one, cycling requires a change of clothes. Most people will probably acknowledge that at least half of what being a cyclist, what makes you so cool is the clothing that you wear. (laughs) Otherwise, you're just somebody riding a bike. I mean, you've got special shoes that lock you into the pedals. You've got a particular type of jersey. You've got elastic shorts, uh, which uh, depending on the person may or may not be very flattering. Uh, Sometimes you have an aerodynamic helmet, like there's all kinds of cool gear that comes with cycling and becomes associated with that depending on your level of um, commitment, I guess, and seriousness. By the same token, temple attendance requires a change of clothes. And this is something I really wish I had known more about ahead of time. I, I was aware that there were like temple clothes, but I didn't really understand much about that or about garments before I went to the temple. Not only do we wear nicer clothes to the temple, you know, Sunday best, but once we've received our endowments, we also bring special temple clothing with us. That's an essential part of the temple sessions. And we also, throughout our lives, will continue to wear the holy garment, which is a sacred reminder, among other things, of the covenants that we've made and of our relationship with and need to be covered by our Savior Jesus Christ, right? The atonement, one explanation of the atonement or definition is to cover, okay? And the garment covers us. We wear different clothes there. And as we study, especially in the Old Testament and the types of ritual clothing that were worn by the priests that officiated in the temple in that era, some of the clothing that we wear in our era will make more sense, okay? But that can be a little bit jarring if you have no idea going in. All right, number two, cycling is for everyone. So long as you're old enough and you've prepared properly. And what I mean by this is you need to know how to ride a bike, okay? Which generally means that you need to be at least a certain age, right? You don't see a lot of like six-month-olds riding bikes, okay? But as long as you're willing to learn and you've prepared, you can ride. Now, in terms of temple attendance, attendance, the temple is for everyone so long as you are old enough and you've prepared properly. And so I'm going to share a quick quote from a wonderful talk, and most of the quotes from this discussion will be from a talk by President Monson called The Blessings of the Temple from April 2015. And here's what he shared. The process of determining needs and finding locations for additional temples is ongoing, for we desire that as many members as possible have an opportunity to attend the temple without great sacrifices of time and resources. What he seems to be pointing out here is that the temple is not supposed to be some secret thing that we're keeping from everyone else. But in fact, it's meant to be shared with as many people as possible, uh, as long as they're ready. And so that's why we're building temples all over the world. I, for example, have three temples within 45 minutes of my home. Another thing to keep in mind is that the temple is not a secret, and the things we do there are not secrets. In fact, we're trying to share them with all the world. 
but they are sacred. And there is a difference between secret and sacred. Sacred requires a process of preparation to make sure that you're ready and worthy to receive. Secret is we don't want anyone else to know about it. And that's the difference between the temple and maybe some other secretive things. Greater covenants that you'll make in the temple, especially as you receive your endowment, lead to greater knowledge. And with greater knowledge and covenants comes greater accountability. And so something else I hope we remember is that the, the recommend interview process and the, the preparation, temple preparation process, protects the unprepared from a level of additional accountability that they may not be ready for. That's why there is a process of preparation and we don't just open the doors to anyone and everyone after the temple's been dedicated. Okay, so the temple is for everyone, cycling is for everyone. Number three, cycling, like most exercise, requires planning. Cycling is not generally a spur-of-the-moment activity. Busy schedules and family and homework and things necessitate that we plan ahead. The same is true with temple attendance. Like most gospel activities, it requires planning. It's not generally something that you do off the cuff. The busyness of our lives can make it difficult to attend if we don't strategically make time for it. If you don't plan ahead for a specific time and date, it's probably not going to happen. And that's been my experience. And so I would encourage you to make the temple not just a one-off thing that you go to receive your endowment and then don't come back, but that you schedule regular time uh, as the prophets have invited us to do. Number four, cycling requires discipline to overcome obstacles. What I mean about this is getting out of bed before turning off the alarm <laughs> is difficult when you know it's it's cold outside. Uh, I used to go biking in the morning to work, and it was sometimes 40 degrees or 45 degrees outside when I was riding. And that's hard. That takes some discipline. You also have to get other things done to make time to go to the temple. And so maybe that means that you, you do some other things in the evening so you can get to bed earlier and get get up and go to the temple, All right? So or get get writing. But the same applies. Temple attendance requires discipline to overcome these obstacles. But the other nice thing is that temple attendance strengthens us to overcome future obstacles. There is always something that comes up to prevent us from going to the temple. We've got to keep focused on getting there. Okay, and I'll share a quick quote from President Monson on this subject. He said, "My brothers and sisters, we in our lives we will have temptations. We will have trials and challenges as we go to the temple." As we remember the covenants we make there, we will be better able to overcome those temptations and to bear our trials. In the temple, we can find peace. It can be hard to get there, but as we make an effort to do so, we'll be strengthened to face the rest of our trials in life. Number five, cycling helps you physically and emotionally. Exercise, obviously, will help you physically, but it can also provide you a chance, at least I've found, to clear your head, to relax. It can be almost meditative or therapeutic in a way to cycle. By the same token, the temple helps us not only physically and emotionally, but also spiritually. You can go to the temple and physically do some work there and serve, for example, in the laundry or cleaning the temple. That could be legitimate exercise. But probably more importantly is the emotional and spiritual benefits. Um, let's take a look at a quote from President Monson that can help with this. As we enter through the doors of the temple, we leave behind us the distractions and confusion of the world. Inside this sacred sanctuary, we find beauty and order. There is rest for our souls and a respite from the cares of our lives. As we attend the temple, there can come to us a dimension of spirituality and a feeling of peace, which will transcend any other feeling which could come into the human heart. And he finishes with this. Such peace can permeate any heart, hearts that are troubled, hearts that are burdened down with grief, hearts that feel confusion, hearts that plead for help. I have definitely found this to be true, that entering the Lord's house and doing his work and being reminded of the covenants and the promises that you've made and the blessings that he has promised to us lifts the soul, the wounded and the weary soul. 
The temple is a place of peace. It's a place of renewal and a place of lifting. It's a holy place. I'll just give you one example um, from my life. I recall specifically a little bit of the jitters associated with um, weddings and receptions and things like that. And, and on my wedding day, I do recall coming in before um, my wife and I were sealed in the temple to one another for time and all eternity. Um, I recall specifically seeing her and feeling a great sense of peace and love, not only for her and from her, but from my Heavenly Father and my Savior, that I knew that I was in the right place doing what they would have me do and that they were there. This is the house of the Lord. There is peace to be found there. So if there's anyone listening that is looking for additional peace, that's looking for help, support, comfort, answers, go to the house of the Lord. Okay, if you needed help from a doctor, you'd go to the doctor's office. If you need help from the Lord, you can always go to him in prayer, absolutely. But there is a special spirit about his temple. And I would invite you and encourage you to make that a priority. All right, almost done. Number six, cycling requires commitment. Okay, most high-end cycling shoes have a locking mechanism in them that requires you to commit to the ride and be intentional about everything you do. It actually locks you into the pedals. And with some practice, you can get out quickly, but you're, you're attached to the bike. Okay, it's almost part of you. In addition, the benefits of cycling once per year or even once per month are pretty minimal. Consistent cycling increases performance. Now let's look at the temple side of it. The temple requires commitment. Not only does getting to the temple require commitment, but we make significant promises and commitments or covenants in the temple, not the least of which is the covenant of marriage. Uh, like cycling, the benefits of frequent temple attendance are far greater than those received by those who sporadically or infrequently attend. That's not to say that infrequent is bad. It, in fact, it's better than not attending at all, but consistent attendance is going to re yield better results. Now, number seven, last one. Cycling is a team sport. I didn't realize this until I'd done some research, read a, a book about uh, cycling, that it's a team sport on a professional level. A group of similarly committed, striving cyclists, often called a peloton, right, a group of cyclists all together, will help you to stay on track and increase your performance. For example, the strongest rider on a particular team of, say, five riders may set the pace, and you follow his lead on braking and speeding up, etc. You know, you all do it together. If he slows down, you slow down. If he speeds up, you speed up. You, they often draft off of one another, meaning one cyclist is in the front and they kind of cut the wind for the other cyclists, allowing them to pedal forward with less resistance. Some will take the lead at one point because they're an especially good climber, say, while at other stages of the race, they may be the followers. They rotate around. Some Sometimes they're the leader, sometimes they're the follower, and that's okay, and they understand that. They each have something to contribute, and no cyclist, no self-respecting, professional, sane cyclist would expect to win a multi-stage race all by himself or herself. It's just not going to happen. You cannot compete with teams of cyclists all by yourself, no matter how good you are. On the temple side, living temple covenants is a team sport. Now, hear me out. I can see some being like, wait a second. I thought these were personal covenants, but hear me out. A group of similarly committed striving saints will help you to stay on track and increase overall outcomes. The strongest rider on our team is Christ. He sets the pace and we follow his lead on when to slow down the busyness in our lives, when to hasten the work, and how to proceed forward. He has already set the path for us and is inviting us to follow behind. Also, these covenants are not only made in company with other church members in the temple, 
like there's other people making the same covenants at the same time in the same room usually, but they're also officiated by faithful temple workers, right? It's not an isolated activity where I'm just sitting in my room by myself or in a room in the temple by myself. We do this together. Lastly, they're often done on behalf of deceased ancestors. So this idea of Christ's covenant community is all throughout the temple. This isn't meant to be an totally isolated or individual activity. That's not how God set it up. While we are certainly and absolutely making personal commitments and covenants, our doing so unites us with Christ's covenant community. In fact, some of the covenants that we make, at least a few of them, namely those related to obedience, consecration, and chastity, help bind us together as a community of believers and help set us apart as a covenant community. I hope that we understand that about the temple, that it's not all about me and the temple. In fact, it's it's all about Jesus Christ, our relationship with him, and our relationship with our covenant community. Just like a cyclist can't expect to win a multi-stage race all by himself or herself, God intended that we work together as a community of saints to accomplish his work, which includes bringing to pass the immortality and eternal life of his children. All right, so that's the seven things that cycling has taught me about the temple that I wish I knew before I went through for the first time. Can I just end with my testimony that we are so blessed to live in a time when the Lord is hastening his work and that he has temples dotting the earth, literally dotting the earth. I'm so grateful that he's restored the covenants and the ordinances and the promised blessings that we can receive in the temple. It is a sacred place. It is the Lord's house. Please don't feel intimidated by it. You don't need to know everything. You just need to be worthy to enter. And it will be a wonderful experience as you continue to go again and again throughout your life and come closer and closer to the Lord. I'm grateful for Jesus Christ. I'm grateful for these temples. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Ask in Faith podcast. If this has been helpful for you, please like, share, subscribe, leave a review. It really does help. We want to get this message to as many of God's children as possible and appreciate your support. Have a great week.